Coming to you from the Coachella Valley in Southern California, in association with Anchor.fm, welcome to Is This Your Playlist? With your hosts Kedrick and Rissa. My name is Joey and this evening's playlist will begin now. I love this one. This one is, uh, and I'll say this in the, you know, while we're rolling, but this one was all like my brain, something you said. Oh, that's what this is from. And that's, that's okay. why I love you. So it was just like a bing light bulb when I was walking. I was like, <gasps> oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't <laughs> wait to hear the story. Let's go. Okay, Roll them. Okay. Roll them. <laughs> Take one. ITYP number 64. Hey, playlisters, it's Kedrick, and you have joined me on Is This Your Playlist? And I cannot tell you how happy I am to have my podcast partner in crime back after a three-month hiatus. Risa, hey! Hey, what's going on, playlisters? How are you? Um, I'm good. Um, I've missed you. This is hard to do by myself. <laughs> I mean, I, I had to do one and I had to piece it like I couldn't mm. even do it the whole thing at one sitting because I was just like my voice was starting to crack and was like I was like <laughs> and like um um and so so I was like oh god pieces <laughs> um how are you doing with everything so I am doing okay um I am like you mentioned, I was gone for three months. Um, I know we took a hiatus, but um, in that time, my mom got sick. Um, my mom died. I got sick and I got depressed and I am climbing out. I'm sitting on the edge, just like one leg over the edge, you know, just sort of dangling there. Um, but I'm feeling... <laughs> exactly <laughs> so i'm i'm uh, i'm coming out um and i'm feeling pretty good and i got a job and i'm back talking music and life and uh whatever our topic is today with my pal kedrick so uh -huh. thank you for welcoming me back hello podcasters podcasters playlisters sorry yeah, and awesome. uh Boom. That's it. Um, I, well, I just, you know, I do want to give a shout out to Stephen Chandler and, and uh, Gia Delegati for stepping in and doing the, uh, the couple of uh, episodes with me. Um, Yay. That, Thank that you was, guys very much. That was, that was fun this, to do the one with Stephen. Cause I mean, he literally is in Australia. I mean, and so, wow. I, so I had to kind of like, what time am I going to be able to do it? And what time is it going to be there? And uh, right. he, was, he was awesome. Um, the steps one was really good. And the, the G and me friends one, I mean, that's the story we tell each other every time we talk to each other on the phone. So it was like, okay, well, that's easy. That's fun. Good. So, um, so I'm, you know, I'm good. Um, uh, I don't know if you know, because, you know, you and I haven't talked yet about this, but um, I'm actually not at the airport anymore. And I'm back at the gym full time and I'm happy about that. And, um, you know, March was, um, March was like a good month and it's a lot of like positive stuff. You know, um, I got, 
the first vaccine. So I've got the first one. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. The second one, the second one I get on the seventh. Um, I'm happy about that. Um, I am too. Congratulations. And, you know, we, you know, we went down Riverside County, went down into the red. So, I mean, the gym is open 10% capacity. And I actually saw today that we're probably going to be in the orange in two weeks or less. Wow. So, so I really do think that like, you know, with the vaccine and all that stuff, I think there's that light at the end of the tunnel. And hopefully the light will lead me into Wembley Arena in November because I'm going to see steps. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, just because they're open doesn't mean that that the UK is going to open. I really hope that they open up and let us in. Now, have you heard about this? Like they have a, they have a date. Have you heard about the June 21st date? Mm -mm. Okay. So in England, that's their work. That's their work up towards like opening date is June 21st. Okay. And, okay. and I guess they're doing everything that they can do to get it back open. And um, I was like, cool, because um, I think by November, it's going to be, I mean, I think. Yeah. Cause that'll be six months later. So, yeah. So um but yeah everything's good um yeah you know um things happen you change jobs you change friends you change this everything changes and you just have to adapt and that's not something that I'm no normally good at but I'm actually very good at it now for the moment so I'll just knock on wood <laughs> right there, see? how <laughs> convenient <laughs> So, but I'm so glad you're back. Thank you. Um, so tonight's um, topic is one that Risa came up with without even coming up with it. She's How just did I that, do that? She's just <laughs> that good, people. Just that good. Um, so we did a Guilty Pleasures one, as you remember. Oh, um, I love that. I still love that. The one, the, the one part, two part. <laughs> like all of them anyway so uh, and one of yours was Millie Vanilli now I was walking in the park and I think girl you know it's true came on my playlist and I just thought oh that would be a fun one to do and then it kind of came to me like oh you know what's more important like the image or the substance, like with Millie Vanilli, I don't care what anybody says. Everyone had that album. It, mm -hmm. sold, it sold 9 million copies in the U.S. Everyone had that for album. For sure. Everybody did. Yeah. And Without a it, doubt. And it's sort of like, it's for me, like when I came up, when I said to, to you, Risa, that like, this is what it's going to be. I think when I said, I think I said style over substance, which is probably the bad word. To, that was a bad word way to say it. Um, but it's sort of like, there are groups and bands that sometimes you think it's it's all like about the way they look because there isn't very much behind it. Mm -hmm. And so the cool thing about this one tonight is that like we get to talk about it and um, you know, and I always like kind of like seeing who you have and who I have and, mm -hmm. and um, I just think it'll be interesting because it, you know, because it is sort of like, it's a, you know, it's an issue sometimes. Sure. Um, 
you know, and they, you know, unfortunately, and well, I guess we'll talk about them later, but it's like, you know, they just got caught up in something and they could not get themselves out. Right. Right. Um, and uh, I think there's a lot of people like behind the scenes that should get a little bit more reprimanding stuff happened to them because I mean, those two guys did not come up with that idea. They, no, they the no. Yeah. Yeah. There was, so, a, it was a whole, they were just the face of of the whole, you know. Yeah. And I don't, and here's the thing. I don't yeah. like, I don't really look at, well, I guess, well, why don't we talk about Millie Vanilli first? <laughs> All right. Let's jump right um, in since we're there. Um, it's sort of like, what would you do? I would do it in a second. In a yeah. second. Yeah. You know, and. Especially at that time, because, you know, they're, the, the internet, social media, like all of that wasn't as prevalent, you know, 10 years ago, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever. It wasn't, it wasn't that prevalent. Um, and it was easier to get away with, but, you know, all it takes is one person to say something and then like wildfire, just, you know, the floodgates opened and it's like, Hey, to protect myself, I'm pushing you out there first. So they were, they were the, the guinea pigs. They were the sacrificial lambs, so to speak. But you know what's funny about that? You know, Frank Farian is their, um, is their, yeah. their manager and he also managed No Mercy, Labouche and Boney M. Now, Boney M, I read that Boney M, the male vocal is Frank Farian. So- what? So yes, so Boney M is another group that's kind of like, oh my gosh, <clears throat> you know what I mean. And here's the thing with Millie Vanilli though, it's like um, they were good. I mean, they were mm -hmm. good. They they did what they needed to do, and I mean, we all bought it. I mean, we did. Why, it, yeah. why, why would we not? That's the thing. Why would we not buy it? I mean, yeah, they're English. that's it exactly. Their, you know, their English was broken, yes, but, and they're singing perfectly, sure. But, right. I mean, nobody, nobody knew. And I think it, I think it was fine until like, you know, I mean, I've heard conflicting stories about like what trans, you know, transpired for them to, you know, to get caught. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard that they wanted to sing on the second album, which I don't understand. Dude, you didn't sing on the first one. Just ride the wave. My right. friends, my friends were at that show. The one oh, wow. Yes, it was because it was the Club MTV tour, and they were there when that happened. And they just said everyone was kind of like, okay. And then, you know, Rob ran off stage, Rob Pilatus, and then like they had to come in, they had him come back on and they finished it. But I mean, could you just, I mean, I remember hearing about it and it's like, I kind of went, so what? My you thought. Mm -hmm. But I think that, well, you know, that started the whole thing. Like, I mean, and the pop kids were all, everybody was on the magnifying glass, new kids. I mean, new kids on the block flew back from Australia on their tour, okay? Flew back from Australia to LA to perform live at Arsenio Hall show because they were, because they were being accused of lip syncing. They really? Back, yes, 1992. They flew back from Australia, went to LA, did Arsenio Hall show, and flew back. 
Australia. What? Yeah. I did not know that. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, um, I just, you know, and plus Millie Vanilli, you know, they just, they were young and they were not American and Frank Farian, you know, dangled money, drugs and women in front of them. I mean, what would you do? Right. You no, know? I mean, I heard that the, you know, that basically he said, well, can you sing these? Can you sing these? And they said, yes. And I guess they sang and he was like, He's, and he's like, well, we've got shows in a couple of days or a couple mm. of weeks or something here. Just learn these and we'll just, we'll wing it, you know? And they, and he gave them, you know, he paid them for that. So, yeah. so when they said, this is all Fabrice Morvan on an interview on YouTube. This is where I'm getting this. He said that when he said that, they said, well, we don't want to do it again. And he was like, well, okay, well then I need that money back what you know what i'm saying he's i mean he manipulated the whole situation you know sure. and they didn't have the money so they just kept it going yeah and they were young yeah you know i mean wow. you sell you know you sell nine million copies of your album in america well the album and four number one singles i mean those were huge girl i'm gonna miss you blame it on the rain baby don't forget my number girl you know it's true i mean yep number ones and here's the thing it really doesn't matter who sang them at this point now um they were just good songs i loved millie vanilli yeah that's a Girl really good they had their little they had their little <laughs> yes they did i mean and they i mean they sold it they really did i mean like you were saying like we totally bought into it yeah. you know i think they were the perfect face for that i just it just sucks that you know they were suckered in you know they were so young and I think Fab could sing better than um, Rob. Than Rob. Yeah. Because I remember hearing Rob and I mean his his um, uh, German accent was so thick that was really yeah that was really um, the giveaway. But yeah, no shame in that game. I actually have somewhere in my CDs. I actually have the Rob and Fab single. We we're going to get it. We need to get or get it on. We get it on or something like that. I have it. Oh, I paid money for it. <laughs> like a dollar, maybe $2. It was a promo. Um, <laughs> I could not tell you what it sounds like, but. Yeah. <laughs> but you have it. But I have it. <laughs> so um, I, I just, yeah, it just seems like they just got, they got thrown to the wolves and yeah. you know, when they had Grammy back, I mean, they should have kept, uh, they should have kept that because they were best new artists. They were actor, but you know, and I just, yeah, it just sucks that, um, that Frank Farian didn't get some, you know, backlash from that. Cause sure. they're all his, but anyway. Yeah, so, I agree. So, I agree. um, but I loved Millie Vanilli. Um, I, mm -hmm. At the beginning, I kind of thought they were kind of, I was just like, really, dude? But those songs <laughs> are so good. That whole album was great. They're know? so catchy. Yeah, it's so, it was so right for the time. We were ready for that. I mean, it, that was, poppy I mean stuff. it was number one in the US, the album, for seven weeks. I mean, it's amazing. I'm sure, and we'll, we'll move on to the next thing, but I'm sure that they, we're thinking we are the shit because I mean, they were <laughs> all over the world, but it's like, there's just that one little component. Yeah. That's what she's singing. 
Yeah, <laughs> that ain't you. Up. That ain't um, me. <laughs> so, so we just jumped into Millie Vanilli. So I yep. think that we're going to take a little break and we are going to come back and we're going to talk about some more um, artists, style, image, substance here on Is This Your Playlist with me and Risa on her big return. Hey, this is Steve and you're listening to Is This Your Playlist? Hey there, we're back. It's um, Is This Your Playlist with me, Risa, and him, Kedrick. And we are talking about style and image over substance in uh, the bands that we listen to and the musical artists that we love. So we just talked about Millie Vanilli um, before the break. And I'm gonna bring this, I'm gonna put these two together because they, they sort of do tie into each other. It's CNC Music Factory and Black Box. Now, you wonder, hmm, how is that image and style over substance? Hmm, two I words. Two, two words for you. Martha Wash. Ding, ding. Martha Wash for the win. Yes. Oh, for all the win. So, you know, CNC Music Factory, you got your two guys, you got your beautiful model girl with the, you know, um, the slick outfits and the, you know, just the look of the time. And same with Black Box. It was just, you know, this beautiful model and just, you know, a dancer and just given all of this, just given us all of this beautiful loveliness and sad to say but the voice coming out belonged to Martha Wash who was one of the weather girls who was um one half of two tons of fun and just by that name you can probably guess she was not a thin model woman dancer she was you know she was a bigger a bigger lady and with the voice I mean of a freaking powerhouse I I mean just think about the song, um, either one of those songs from um, CNC Music Factory or Black Box, but just think about the Weather Girls and it's raining men. Holy smokes. I don't think yeah. I've ever heard it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a pretty obscure song. I'm sure, you know, like maybe only, I think I heard it and maybe like three other people. So I yeah. Think it might be an anthem for somebody. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But um, yeah, so that is definitely to me um, the epitome of wanting to have, wanting to create this, a specific image to sell, you know, and the fact that the image didn't match what they needed in the group and what they needed in the group didn't match the image. And so they just needed two people. So, um, you know, for the longest time, I had no idea that Martha Wash was behind, was behind that. Because like you look and you're like, oh, okay, you know, she's singing, you know, black box. I thought, okay, you know, I can see that voice coming out of that, that beautiful, gorgeous, you know Girl. model <laughs> and then all of a sudden martha wash is like um knock 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 hi i'm here and it's like whoa so it's another millie vanilli sort of blow up moment but um 
Well, you know, that's see, that's awesome. Um, because they were sort of on my uh, honorable mentions list. That's how. I'm, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. So I was 19 when I heard everybody, everybody. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the first thing, the first thing I thought, I was like, she sounds like Martha Wash. That was the first thing I thought. Wow. And I think I'm going to say like through the whole black box, maybe like that first year, like, you know, we just thought it was that girl, but she sounded right. like Martha Wash. And then when we found out it was Martha Wash, it was like that Mark, I mean, cause here's the thing, that whole black box album, Dreamland, those were all supposed to be demos for somebody else. Wow. Now, I don't think that the producers, I would like to think, I don't think the producers straight out the gate thought, okay, we're going to keep these and, and, you know, front a girl, front a model. I don't think they did that, but I was like, I mean, those are demos. The black box songs are demos. Wow. Okay. And I always kind of thought, where is she? Because I know if I heard it, I'd be like, oh, hell no. You know, I'd be like in the press or whatever. So I always wondered what happened. And then when CNC Music Factory came out, she was like, no. okay, not again. No way, Satan. And she was just like, I mean, could you imagine? hearing that it's like I mean, wait that's me it's it's very similar to what's what's happened in the last couple of weeks where madonna um uh posted a picture on instagram and it turned out she superimposed her head on someone else's body and that girl posted her picture and was like um that feeling when you see yourself with madonna's head so it's like and, you know it's just another one of those things where people are just like you know just filching other things and like, all right, I like this voice and I'm going to put it with, you know, and, and CNC Music Factory that, that, um, uh, what's his name? That producer, um, he did Robert that. He, that's a, yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what he did with, um, with Martha Wash. So it's like, um, that's my voice. So yeah, but I'm glad sister stepped up and was like, um, hello, mm -hmm. give me my money, honey. And here's the thing, Zelma Davis can sing, but I mean, she's not Martha Wash. No, yeah, definitely not. Definitely and not. I kind of think, sometimes I feel like these producers go into this thinking that it's not gonna be as big as it as it ends up. Sure. Um, you know, um, oh, and I don't know if you know this, do you remember a girl group called, well, Michelle Visage used to be in the group. Yeah, called Seduction. Seduction. You, know yeah. That my, you know that you're my one and only true love is Martha Wash, right? Yeah. 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 And another Colin Cavillis production. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's like, I mean, maybe she's just like, okay, whatever with it, you know, but it's like, I would get pissed after a while, but. Dude, seriously pissed. Yeah. You know, but yeah, yeah I mean, and see that didn't help, you know, with the pop, you know, the, the bad rep that the pop world had for Millie Vanilli, because it's like, here we go again you know yeah and and black box here's the thing black box still like she still goes and does shows as black box mr really <laughs> she can't even speak english She's <laughs> she can't speak english when i've seen when i've seen concert footage of her she is like speaking the most phonetically stuff and then she's like oh. open your i mean <laughs> 
but yeah, that was, I remember that. I remember being a, being a kid and listening to Black Box and then just wondering, it's like, where was she at? Wow. You know? and, and yeah, she's, I mean, here's the thing. She, yeah, she was a big girl and she had a big girl voice too. Bam. She sure did. Done. Yep. Yep. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, I mean, I'm glad that she had them, you know, put in the video when they used to play it on MTV. It was like CNC Music Factory gonna make you sweat with, um, oh God, what, vis visualization performed by Zelma. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And as no visual, as styled by or whatever, yeah. I mean, and No Mercy were the same way. It's like there was the older you know, Latino guy that played the music and sang. And then there was those two young boys that didn't sing a word. And, but that their group, Frank Farian produced, you know, I guess they, uh, just, I guess they don't think about it. I mean, I guess if you get paid, you're whatever, but it's like, I don't know. It's just that it's that, it's that balance of like, what's more important, you know, I, the music's more important to me. I don't really care about the, the image of things and you know i don't care if you lip sync if you lip sync your own music you know britney spears she's never sang a lick live and i've seen her every single time and i love her ever since and she, as long as she's <laughs> lip syncing her own voice i don't care no. yeah you know it's like a lot of bands now um like you know janet jackson has a um has a track you know and um it's funny when when the spice girls came out um i had taken my niece to see them and same thing, they had a track because right before they played LA, um, Ginger Spice left. So her track was still playing, but there was nobody there to sing it, you know? So um, yeah, so it is, it's just interesting how, how we've crucified some people and, you know, praised others. So it's just interesting. I, I saw that Spice Girls tour and I know the one you're talking about, the, uh, it's the, if you can't dance, if you can't dance. And she does that, that, um, that Spanish thing. Yeah. Her voice was still playing. Cause those four girls weren't going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It was that, but, that whole, that whole thing. Yeah. But, but then they did like, they did sing her parts. Like Mel took some of her parts and that was the only time for me that I thought, that she wasn't there is when there was mm -hmm. a part being sung by someone else that I know is Jerry's. Got you know it. I mean? So here's the thing. What would you rather see a, a group, an artist, like put on a great performance and maybe have a little extra help or, you know, put on a great performance. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, I'd rather see a performance and if they're lip syncing their own voice or added help, it's okay. It really is. Yeah, I, I get that. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure, you know, um, like seeing Janet Jackson, right? So, I mean, from the second she steps on stage until the second she leaves, it's like, jazzercise you know it's like a jazzercise class so i understand the the added boost you know but i i am not paying a hundred dollars to hear her just do ooh or yeah or whatever i mean i want even if she does have to you know 
if, if, if you can tell if she can't, but you know, she's so in shape. I, I'm like talking out of both sides of my mouth. So I'm just going to stop right now. No, but no. you know, no, that's so, cool. you know, I mean, I get it. Like if she has to, you know, if she's out of breath, I, I want to know that. I want to know that she's working, you know, that's what I'm paying for. Um, you know, and I remember when I went to see um, Motley Crue and man, they had, I mean, it was just like they were playing the records, you know, because Vince Neil can't sing anymore. And that was really, that was really, you know, a drag for me, but, um, you know, they don't dance or anything, but it's still, there's a spectacle, you know, with, with all the antics and things. Um, yeah, I, I, I can, I get it because and especially now with the social media, it's like, oh man, you know, that was a crap show. So yeah, you do want to, you know, enhance it however you can. Eh, anyway, I can see both sides of that. What's yeah. your next, I, I, I rattled on and I'm sorry. No. So what's your next, what's your next uh, list? There is next no, on your list? there is no, there is no uh, rattling on, on this podcast. We discuss we yes, we opinions do. and that's what we do. And um, I debate myself. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait a second. Okay, I'm, I'll stop now. Like, you're like, I'm yelling, you're like, I'm yelling at myself. What's going on? I here? haven't done this in so long. It's like, uh. and you are, you are just, you've jumped right back into it. And this is what I like. This is how we can do it all in one shot. And I don't have to sit <laughs> for days and like split it up. Okay, so my choice, um, I guess, I, oh, I don't know if I should put both of these together they're both from the same era okay so i've been listening to a lot of audible stuff lately you know okay. on audible um yeah. and i listened to um when mtv ruled the world and um i just listened to um and party every day the casablanca records story hmm. very interesting i guess mark told me that there's a movie coming out about that, that record company record label wow anyway, okay. so, it was the, so it was the biggest basically it was the biggest disco label you know during the disco era but their first group that they made that they made famous wasn't disco until 1979 and then the second group was disco all the way so i figured that since they're on this both on the same label we can mm -hmm. talk about them both so first one kiss okay second okay one, um second one well let's just do kiss let's let's talk about kiss um and you know Reese and I were talking about this earlier and it's like yeah kiss did um inspire a lot of rock bands to be themselves but at the beginning I know that it was just all people were just like what the hell is going on with the with the makeup and and is there something else behind it you know, mm -hmm. um, in my research, I, you know, I said um, they were like the things that they were known for in the beginning were the face paint, the stage outfits, the fire breathing, the blood spitting, smoking guitars, shooting rockets, levitating drum kits. I mean, that's, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That's all, it would be smoke and mirrors to other groups, but, you know, Kiss actually came and like they were they're good um right but they you know for me when i was little kiss were like superheroes to me you know um and i didn't really know much of the music until like well i didn't start listening to music till 80 but um you know so of course i was made for loving you is i think the first song i ever heard mm -hmm. um 
but yeah, I remember the Kiss solo albums came out. I remember seeing the commercial and I remember the dolls came out and this was like, yeah. I was like seven, but that's enough. That's one of these, one of these, you know, ongoing things, you know, which is more important or, you know, what, you know, because their image is all that they have. But I mean, I was, I watched MTV the night that they came on with no makeup on. And I was like, Oh, put it back on. <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah. Ooh. Um, so, you know, um, they were, you know, they were a cartoon band. I mean, they were, you know, <laughs> they were crazy. Um, and, you know, the fact that Beth is their biggest hit and it wasn't even meant to be a hit. It was the B-side of Detroit Rock City and the was one DJ in Florida flipped over and played Beth. And now Beth is the biggest song that they ever did or their biggest hit. <laughs> over I Was Made For Loving You, which, which I was surprised about, you know. But they got grief about that. Kids got grief. Yeah, because that was like, um, like their foot into disco. Yeah. you know like dance because their stuff is so is is rock you know i i love i love kiss i do i didn't at first and i was drawn to them which is um which was the whole point right with the makeup and um the blood and you know the hiding of the face i mean all of that stuff was just so you know, like that mystery you know like oh i want to peek behind the curtain like what's what's going on um and I think one of my all-time favorite cheesy movies is Don't say Kiss. It. Okay. Because <laughs> I was going to say it. I watched it the other night. <laughs> Did <laughs> you really? I need to find it. I want to watch it. Okay. I won't it's, say it. It's a, no, no, say it now. Kiss and the Phantom. Uh, wait. Kiss meets the Phantom of the Prime. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's on Facebook for free. Okay. I'm going to go watch it. I, Bye. <laughs> yeah, bye, playlisters. Later. Um, I was in a kiss. I was in a kiss rabbit hole on YouTube the other night. I mean, it was severe. Amazing. <laughs> and they have some really fun songs. Yeah. You know, I, I just, yeah. I, I mean, but yeah, like, like we're talking about. Um, they did really influence heavily a lot of rock bands i just remember when they were inducted into the rock hall of fame and tom morello was the one that did their induction speech and just everything he said he was just so blown away by them and i think everybody was so suckered in by um by the spectacle and you know that's what they thought they were going to get but they got so much more so i i playlisters i had kiss on my list <laughs> because you kiss because okay <laughs> i had them on my list and then i crossed them out for that reason because i didn't think because of their influence but, but um kedrick is right the initial the initial introduction of them was all about style and it got us suckered in it was all about image and then we found out eureka there is some substance there all right and you know um okay and kiss meets the phantom okay I, I was seven when it came out or seven or eight i don't I, i'm pretty sure that i watched it on tv i i can't imagine that i did though because 
you know, my mother was very religious and that was probably a no-no. So I probably snuck to watch it. Uh-huh. It was the greatest thing ever I'd seen in my life. Oh my God. Now it is pretty it spectacular. Is atrocious. <laughs> it's atrocious. It is atrocious. And it's like, it's bad, bad, bad. But it's like, what did, I mean, I didn't expect like an Oscar. And the Oscar for best acting goes to Gene Simmons for growling. I mean, you know, and Ace was the worst. Ace was the worst. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, because I was watching all these like makings of the thing and they were talking about, you know, the making of it. And they said it was supposed to be a mix between A Hard Day's Night and Star Wars. That's how they pitched it to the band. Yeah, yeah it was it was none of those. Let's, it was neither one cook, of those. Let's just cook on yeah. that for a second. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Put that on the back burner, please. <laughs> but it was, um, it's just, and the special effects were atrocious, but it's so, it's so bad that it's good. But I mean, yeah. I think that's what the fans, that's, they didn't really expect much more than that. And but again, you know, that movie, we're viewing it with 2021 eyes, we're viewing it with all of that, all of that time that we've seen, um, special effects change because yeah back you know at that time it's like he disappeared <laughs> ace get us out of here bling, bling. and and P, uh, paul stanley do, 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 with the star yeah <laughs> yeah so okay yeah and i don't know if you knew about this but peter chris he didn't want to go back for um voice dubs so his okay. whole performance is the guy from gi joe that's fantastic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I love all the little the little nugget knowledge that you dropped, man. That's just so awesome. G.I. Joe. <laughs> um, so that was the first one. And so the second one, uh, you know what? It was another situation where they came out and they all had outfits depicting different styles of certain communities. There was a cop. A construction worker, an Indian, a cowboy, a Navy person, and a leather guy. Village people. <laughs> fantastic. Now, That's fantastic. Now, village, people, village people weren't even on my first list. I mean, it just like hit me. Like, I was like, oh, crap. Because that was, I mean. The people of the village. That's awesome. You know, I, I, once again, I was really young when they came out and. I thought they were superheroes. I thought they were, that was the coolest thing. You know what you could, I mean, obviously I was, I was like nine years old. So I didn't understand like the stereotypes of what they were supposed to be. And I didn't know that until sure. like much later in life, but those songs were so catchy and they, and they had that, they had that image that when you hear those songs, you think of those outfits, you think mm -hmm. of those people. Yep. Knowing what we know now, basically, that it's like Victor Willis, who was there at the beginning, and then Ray Simpson, who is um, Valerie Simpson from Ashford and Simpson, that is her brother, the second. Oh, wow. Yeah, of Village. Okay. Um, they basically sung, and, you know, the other guys were just there to be, you know, they were there to be there. You know, their mm -hmm. mics probably were not on. And but they did a good job of it oh God, yeah. <laughs> being there. I mean, yeah, and it's so funny because like watching stuff now, it's like, I mean, 
I think that they were kind of like, I think maybe people thought of them as like, like safe, like Elton John in the seventies. I mean, you kind of knew he was gay, but it's like, Oh, I'd like him. He's so good. So village people yeah. are like, I mean, hello. Um, YMCA on Spotify. I checked it. YMCA has 181 million streams. Oh my gosh. Everybody loves that song. I mean, and in the Navy, I mean, if you listen, you listen to them now and it's like, it's so blatant. Yeah. <laughs> songs are so like in the Navy. Yes. You can sell the seven. I mean, it's so blatantly sure. gay stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, I just, I remember watching uh, Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve with my mom, actually, who hated music, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. And we watched the 79 to 80, and they were on there singing Ready for the 80s. Wow. You know, and, you know, but once again, atrocious <laughs> called Can't Stop the Music. Atrocious. Oh, my gosh. With Bruce, I mean, Caitlin, I mean, Bruce, I mean, Bruce Jenner, um, he was in it. It was bad, but it wasn't wow. even their movie. I mean, they build it as their movie, but they just kind of like came in to mm -hmm. like situations. I'm like, oh, you just went to a ballroom and there they are like all in white singing. It's like, <laughs> okay. um, but the music was good. I mean, all, all the songs were good. Um mm -hmm. You know, and they've been covered like Pet Shop Boys did Go West, which was really, really good. And um, they're just songs in the lexicon of popular music. They're, those are songs that everybody knows, YMCA. And, and I don't know if you knew this, but like they didn't come up with those moves. The, uh, 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 uh. Nope. They, were on a, they were on a German TV show and they didn't know what to do. Like they didn't have anything to do, any moves. So the audience came up with the YMCA. I thought it was American Bandstand. Nope. Mm -mm. I thought it was, I thought it was American Bandstand that somebody that the, the kids in the audience were doing that. You know, okay. what? I, I did hear that, but like, I actually saw a documentary with them themselves and they said it. So, okay. Um, wow. Wow. I mean, that's and, awesome. And that's one of those, those are those songs like you can do karaoke and not even like be able to sing a tune, like carry a tune. Exactly. Um, because everybody's going to sing it with you. And I don't know if you knew, see, I don't know how like deep you were into this, but like, do you remember an album that they did called Renaissance? Mm -mm. They were, mm -mm. New, they were new romantic. No, they were not. Shut up. The village people went new romantic. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to find that. Um, I reject that totally, but I'm going to have to find that. Please do. And I think some of the songs on the album, I think there's one called Food Fight. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, new romantic. And uh, well, McDonald's, McDonald's. That's all I can hear when you said Food Fight. The first thing I thought of was the fast food song. McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's Kentucky Fried Chicken and Pizza. McDonald's. I love that song actually. Okay, but the fast food rockers, I love that song. It's so it's yeah, it's so bad, so cheesy. Um, wow. Okay. But yeah, they did. You know, and they had the, you know, the, you know, the makeup. 
<laughs> you know, the like over the top the eyeliner and stuff. Yes. Stop it. A shadow and like swooped <gasps> hair and like the, the construction dude had like you know, like an Adam Ant uh strand of hair with a ribbon on it. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so bad. But they were we just know, need to stop this. We need to stop the podcast right now because I need to go look at this album and I listeners? need to watch the Phantom of the Park. Unfortunately, Risa is going to have to leave now <laughs> because she has to find Village People Renaissance, can't stop the music. And she needs to jump back down and she needs to jump back down a rabbit hole. See you next week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so yeah, so kiss to the village people. Wow. Those are my those are my two. And and it is funny to have this debate because, you know, it's like they were both very popular for different yeah. reasons. Yeah. And here's the thing: you know, people will like to say that, you know this group sucks blah 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 you know and they sell to kids or whatever guess what kids money spends just like everybody else's kids money spends more than anybody else that's who's got the disposable income thank you not the gays but then (laughs) sometimes sometimes we're considered kids anyway so um so let's let's take a little break and we'll come back and i think you have a couple more corrects I think so. Okay, good. I have a couple more as well. And uh, we will be right back here on this episode number 64 of Is This Your Playlist? And Reese is back. Yay. (laughs) Hey, this is Brent from Probe 7. And you're listening to Is This Your Playlist? So uh, we're we're talking about you know bands and artists uh, you know what's more important the image and style or the substance you know what what is it and you know we're just kind of discussing the ones that are prevalent in our world. So we just talked about Kiss in the Village People and Black Box and CNC Music Factory and I'm going to let Risa start this one. I know she's got one or two more. So who's next for you, Risa? So this one is is sort of out. Um to me it is like the epitome um and i'm and it may be controversial but it goes way out it's the monkeys they were created for a tv show yeah and you know had to audition and you know it, it was just i i think obviously it was more about um it was more about the image projecting and you know hey are they going to sell a tv show or whatever and i think music was secondary even though the show was about you know musicians and you know doing this record and like getting this whole package together i really think um that was like the epitome even you know but they did play their own music they did sing their own but again the 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 main point was image you know so uh i think that was i think i think that is (laughs) the original (laughs) the original image over substance well i i totally agree with you i mean i love mickey mickey's i love the show mickey's always been my favorite and yeah it was it was a tv show about a band and mike could play Peter could play, mm-hmm. 
Davey mm-hmm. sang and Mickey sang. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you watch the <laughs> if you watch the old ones when they're doing the when they're doing the songs, Mickey's just like yeah. he's just like like on every yeah. Point. I don't even think he's hitting the drums. Yeah. But here's but the it thing. was that was but, really interesting because they were so clowny, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like you didn't like how do you balance that? You know, it's like yeah. Well, you know when you know, when the show started going a little bit further, you know, they wanted them to be a real band. So they, at, so uh, Mickey and Davey actually had to learn how to play. And wow. They, and here's, and this is one of those fun facts that I love telling people because they all look at me the same way. Okay, so the monkeys went on tour. My friend James's mom went. What? Yeah, well, she's, yeah, she was, yeah, she was a teenager. Um, my friend James's mom went to see the monkeys. And do you want to know who the support act was? You're never going to guess in a million years. So give me a year. What year was this? 67. He came out in 67. He did. And he had a very interesting guitar thing. Yep. Jimi Hendrix. Stop it. For the monkeys. Stop it. And got booed off the stage. Are you kidding me? Do you see how close my face is? Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I almost kissed you. (laughs) Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Jimi Hendrix opened for the monkeys and got booed off. Wow. (laughs) Dang. People had no sense of music style, did they? (laughs) Well, I mean... Well, I mean, their core audience was probably not into that. Yeah, it wasn't his. Yeah, just wasn't you know, his best. The only, the only other one that reminds me of that situation was I don't. I'm sure you know about this. The Rolling Stones Tattoo You Tour 1981, and Prince opened and got booed. Right. right. And but yeah. you know, knowing what we know now, that's crazy. But I mean, back then, I mean, the Rolling Stones crowd isn't gonna like. You know, Prince was in yeah. his, he was in his trench coat and his long, you know, his sure. high boots and um um swimming trunk things, bikinis or whatever. So they were probably like, what? And a yeah. friend of mine, a friend of mine, he went, he was really young, and he said that they just went crazy. Wow, yeah. that is wild. It, it is funny to to hear and to see where people start. And what sure. happens to them? So, oh my gosh, yeah. Um, yeah. The monkeys, though, yeah. I remember. Um, I remember when they had the resurge in '86, uh, mm-hmm. and you know the shows came out again, and then they came out. Mike didn't want to do the, you know, Mike didn't want to be in it because you know Mike's never had to worry about money because his mom created liquid paper. Yep. So. Yep. Um, but I've been, I was very lucky. Um, Steve and I went to see the monkeys at the Greek one year mm. and it was Mickey, Peter and Mike. This was after Davey died. So just nice. to see, just to see Mike on stage with them was just like, and that was big for me. I mean, Mike's second, Mickey's first. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they were created manufactured that's the word that everybody there you go that's that's better yeah and um but they you know they did their job and Mm -hmm. you know um and it's so funny to to, like you said the music was secondary 
which was weird because it was all the time and they had album after album after album mm-hmm. after album and i mean they mm-hmm. sang they were singers that's what they yeah. did um they had some pretty good songs too oh yeah sometime in the morning <laughs> and another pleasant valley sunday i oh, like that song that's yeah my, that's my favorite i'm not your stepping stone i mean they had and the- that was covered by the untouchables which is one of my all-time favorite bands that was good the untouchables yeah, the, mon- yeah, the monkeys uh, yeah somebody oh run dmc did a cover of uh well they did mary mary right right <laughs> you know um yeah, it's, I I love I see I wouldn't have thought that was controversial at all because it's true. That's I mean they were, that's what they were. That's uh, true. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And you can be as if you want to be as controversial as you want. You go ahead and do whatever you want and just say it. Controversy. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> so uh, mine. Okay. So I have five, but I'm only gonna probably do like one or two okay so um there is a documentary out it came out a couple weeks ago it's called blitzed b-l-i-t-z-e-d it is about the blitz club in london that was run by steve strange and rusty egan of visage okay yeah so if you watch the documentary boy george talks Marilyn talks and some guy who writes songs for a group that started off there. What's their name? Um, Gary something. Um, mm. Gary. <laughs> um, and it's really, really, I mean, it's really, really cool. So my, so this one is um, a group that came out of that scene. Um, it was a guy and a girl and uh, Jeremy Healy and Kate Garner also known as Hazy Fantasy. Oh my gosh. Shiny, shiny, bad times behind me. Shiny, 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 not, not. Okay, that was, that was my jam. Okay. It's not even a jam, but that was my jam. And John Wayne is big leggy. Yeah. <laughs> me and Wayne. I mean, and, and there's four groups that I remember back right. then that were kind of, they all came out at the same time and it was one of those debates substance over image you know yeah hazy well i'll do the i'll do the honorable mentions so hazy fantasy you know they came out of that whole scene and you know they were this is why i think that you know the the style was more important than music so they were white rasta tribal chieftain and dickensian styles and their music was reggae country electro with political and sociological ideas but they were basically nursery rhymes and ragamuffin style kate garner put the clothes together and you know they had their they had their 15 minutes of fame you know shiny Shiny was the big song and yeah you know um they didn't go on to do anything else uh she actually did she actually has a song called love me like a rocket it was like her it was her solo song after the band broke up um, and she's a she's a world famous photographer now. Kate Garner is. Wow. But they yeah, but that was one of those groups that's like, okay, well, you guys have this look, yeah, that almost overshadows the music. 
for sure. I mean, total, he was a total ragamuffin and she was, I mean, I just remember, remember her outfit. I mean, it was like, I think one of the first times I saw someone wearing like something, um, like a bare midriff type of a thing. And she had um, too. Yeah, it's so, yeah, that's wild. That is so wild. I but didn't. That, but that's, but that's what came out of that. I mean, look who came out of it. You sure. Know, one of the and most how it all, yeah. prolific, yeah. you know, singers ever. And, yeah. Um, yeah, but I think, I mean, and see, I was like, somebody posed the question to me, oh, are Duran Duran and Spandau Ballet on your list? Hell no, they're not on my list. You're not going to be my friend anymore. <laughs> um, I said, no, they're not on the list because, I mean, first of all, they had style, image, and substance. Right. And their image was typical. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's a bunch of good looking people. There, there, there wasn't a costume. You know what I mean? Martin, Martin would just find stuff on the street and wrap it around his neck. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I, oh, hazy fantasy. All right. Um, Mental note to self. Find that song. (laughs) Put that on the loop. I'm going to do one more little one. Um, Please do. So them all together. So there was a group that came out in 83 and they all had like this kind of like um, old UK gangster looking thing with the, with the hats and, you know, the rolled up pants. And they had a really great song called just got Joe Boxers. Ding, ding, Joe Boxers. That's, oh, that's one of my favorite songs. Now, I had no idea. I've loved Joe Boxers forever. I had no idea that their lead singer was black. <laughs> Until, like, last week when I watched the Boxer Beat video. I was like, what? Wow. And he's American, <laughs> too. Uh-huh. He but looks th- kind of like um, Rolling Gift from um, Bunyan Cannibals. Yeah. He does a little bit. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Lucky, I mean, that's a that's an 80s staple song. That's a bop, man. That is a serious bop. I mean, and our playlisters, you know, put that on your playlist. Yeah, Joe just Boxers got just got lucky. And Boxer Beat. Doing the Boxer Beat. Da, da, da. I love that song. Um, so yes, you know, they came out and they had the look. And yeah. And you know, I think probably at that point like the other two groups on this like in this thing are mm-hmm. you know they all came out at that same time so it oh, okay. was important but like sometimes i think it for just foreshadowed the music or it made you look at them more it depends on who you know how you look at it um so the other two um i'll just say it haircut 100 you know, remember they had the big sweaters and Nick Hayward was so cute and they had, you know, favorite shirts, Boy Meets Girl and Love Plus One and Fantastic Day. Amazing. Oh, but fantastic was, Day. Oh, fantastic. That, I love that song. Yeah. But, that, but that's another one. They, you know, they came out and I guess you had to, I guess you had to set yourself apart from everybody else. But it's just like sometimes I think people fell by the wayside because they didn't, um, they worried too much about the image and not about the music. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last one is 
a group that came out in 1983 because the lead singer of this particular group saw a certain keyboardist at a certain club in London and said, here, listen to my tape. I'm going to need a little bit more than that. Um, blonde and black, two-tone spiked hair. Too shy. Lamal. Kaja Gugu. Kaja Gugu. Kaja Gugu. Um, and you know, they came out, they were pinups. They were, they were smash hit ready. I mean, they were like, okay, let's just drop totally. it Oh my gosh. But, but you know what? Here's the thing though. Like people thought that Kajagugi was manufactured, but the four of them were already a band. Mm -hmm. And the mall came. You know what I mean? Mm. They've been, those other four were like best friends since like childhood. And then the mall wow. came. And, you know, you know, I mean, I'm sure you, I'm sure you remember that whole controversy about him getting kicked out and, you know, going solo and Nick started singing and, you know, they had a number one, they had a number, <laughs> I always laugh at this, they had a number one before Duran Duran did. What? Yeah. Too Shy was number one before Is There Something I Should Know was number one. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So, you know, they were probably like, Nick, really? You got this group and they've got number one for us? <laughs> I, I, I couldn't really do my British accent at that point. Did you know what I'm saying? That's okay. But that's I mean, a that's, a, that's one that just fell into Nick Rhodes' lap. And yeah, wow. And, that's what was, and that was the, the you know, bad part about him getting kicked out because technically, if it wasn't for him giving Nick Rhodes that tape, they may not have gotten discovered. I mean, period. Maybe, now, yeah. Now, people don't know, and I don't know if I should say it, but he got kicked out because he wanted to, he wanted him and Nick to take all the money, the royalty money, and like cut out the other three. And um, yeah, and Nick was like, no, dude. And I guess it came to like, you know, came to, um, not came to blows, but like, it was obviously he had to leave. Mm -hmm. you know? And but he got he got um, he got fired by a fax. <laughs> we're gonna move. We're gonna move on as a four piece. Wow. The manager did that. They, the band didn't do that. The manager did that. And you know he had various levels of success. They had various levels of success. But you know it's it was just like you know they had their one big year. White feathers is one of my favorite albums of all time. I love that mm, album. Yeah. And, you know, um, they were on Bands Reunited and it was my favorite one because I was like, oh my God. But, you know, once again, I was I was talking with Ann Beggs, Nick Beggs' wife at that mo at that time. And she's the one who told me about the Lamal money thing. Oh, she, wow. Because, you know, on Bands Reunited, they they edited to make it seem like- Of course. Oh, they, they, we, they kicked me out because they didn't want the teen label. Right. You guys just played 40,000 seat venue. It's like- you know, I mean, whatever. So, and, you know, and they had a built-in audience because they were in the Duran Duran magazines, the monthly right. magazines, apparently. And uh, just like with anything else, if Duran Duran likes it, we like it. If we exactly. don't like it, Spandau Ballet Culture Club, Wham! And Frankie Goes to Hollywood, <laughs> at least for a moment, we're not going to like you. But secretly, I'm going to go home and play chant number one. Yes, I there you go. <laughs> so yeah 
so uh so those four can like roman holiday also was one that like you know they had their sailor caps and stuff so. yeah they did i like them too i did they had some really good songs but then that second album they like they got rid of the sailor caps and they had these big rick springfield like mullet things big blonde mullet things i'm like yeah i remember that i remember one foot, that one foot back in your door that was the on the second album but i loved roman holiday they came to bakersfield with stray cats and i didn't get to go but don't get me started on this <laughs> you had a really good list that was a really good list and that's not even the last one but go ahead Ooh, there's more uh-huh. come on bring it okay bring it. okay so um this is going to be the last one i guess we just did the honorable mentions huh okay <laughs> we're, just gonna, <laughs> we're just going for it tonight um all right this band was the ultimate manufactured image over substance band ever okay they were created he they were created by tony james of generation x they had they were a mix of a japanese tv ad and the new york dolls their song was in ferris bueller's day off they were the 80s versions of the kardashians and they were one big ad three words for you sig sig sputnik Oh my gosh, how did I miss that? I mean, yeah, I mean, everything was an ad. Like in my research, they were saying how they used to sell, they used to sell ads in the songs, in the middle of the songs. I mean, love, love missile F111. I mean, that was the ultimate. Band. Martin Degville, remember he used to have like that big mohawk. And he yes. To, he used to wear um um uh, God, what is this? um ma- um mesh cut masks. Right, right. Like yeah. Okay. And I they- totally like a um. Oh my gosh, that is really just like through. I completely had erase them from my brain yeah i mean oh my gosh yeah i mean my friend see my friend christian back when we were little like six Sputnik was his group it, you know six Sputnik was his duran duran oh you know wow I mean? okay and uh he went to see them at the palace and uh he loved it i mean i'm sure it was atrocious but you know they came and they were you know they were totally I mean, it was a total advert. It was an advertising scheme almost. I didn't even know that or realize that. But I, I wasn't really such a huge fan. You know, it's just sort of like, oh yeah, I know who they are. So, whoa. And the, and the fact that Tony James from Generation X is, was the main guy, I was like, okay. What's behind that? Wow. And here's a, here's a little thing that I didn't know. So they split in July of 1989 and... Tony James joined the Sisters of Mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Cavanaugh, who's one of the drummers, I believe he was the dark-haired drummer. He joined Big Audio Dynamite. And Neil Etz, who is the blonde guitar player with the Mohawk, he's in Mark Allman's band. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... I saw Mark Allman a few years ago. I did. Yeah, I saw him at the 80s weekend. Oh, I was in Scotland, and he was playing in, the, in a... Um, a rehabbed church and we were up 
um, in the pews looking down on him. And it was such an amazing show. I really wanted him to sing um, Sex Dwarf, but he didn't. So <laughs> I was like, whatever, I need a beer. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if you know, well, you might not even know this because, I mean, you weren't really that big of a fan. But in 1988, they did a song, Six Nick did a song with Stock. Aitken Waterman. No, he didn't. It was called Success. On the CD. What was that an ad for? (laughs) No, it was a great song, actually. Um, Well, I love everything they do. Stock Aitken Waterman do. So I'm, uh, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, rose colored glasses. Anyway, the single said Sputnik Aitken Waterman. That's funny. And apparently, Martin Degville is worse to work with than Pete Burns because Pete Burns was supposedly the worst to work with with them because he you know because Dead or Alive came in as they already had like yeah they're a band so yeah they couldn't do the factory thing with Dead or Alive yeah and they couldn't stamp him yeah Pete Burns and Who is Pete a Waterman, diva yeah Pete Burns and Pete Waterman they, for years they were like at you yeah. know at odds but Martin Degville was supposedly worse. I, that's unbelievable. And I guess Martin just came in and sang like, I mean, you know, the, the band didn't come in. <laughs> I but, got this. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So. Wow. Yeah, so that's, um, yeah. So I had a lot of fun with this one, to be honest with you. Um, I learned a lot. I can tell because you have so many little, um, uh, like I said, little knowledge nuggets to drop. Yeah. And I know you love your research, but yeah, those were, you had some really, really good ones that were surprising to me. This was, you're like, this was you're, fun. You're like, you're like, darn it. That's exactly years, how I feel. I spent yeah. years of therapy getting six Sputnik out of my head and you just put them back in there in one shot. You did. <laughs> so thank you. Anyway. But you also put Hazy Fantasy in there. So um, yeah. So they're they're winning. I'm gonna go get that song. So um, playlisters, this is it. Um, episode sixty four. Is this your playlist? Um, style, image, substance. My amazing co-host Risa. I'm so happy that you're back. And um, this was so much fun. Like I've done a couple by myself, and it just yeah. It was just. Mm. I was like, I would. Well, I'm have happy to, let- to be back. Okay. And thank you for the warm welcome and playlisters. Thank you for tuning in. And we will be back next time with some sort of topic. I don't know, but I'm just really tired right now because I've been up since 2:45 this morning because Steps premiered their new video for Heartbreak in the City with Michelle Visage, and I had to get up at two o'clock to watch it so i'm just <laughs> and uh yeah so um so we'll be back next time um and like us subscribe with us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts. leave a review um here on anchor spotify and um yeah so that's it thank you and good thank night. you all right Thank you for tuning in tonight to Is This Your Playlist? If you are tuning in for the first time and like what you've heard, please like and subscribe. We can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and many more. Find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. 
Please join Kedrick and Rissa next time for more fun facts and witty banner. My name is Joey. Thank you, and good night.